Wyndham Hotels and Resorts makes travel possible for all. Whether it's the long haulers looking for a great cup of coffee, a roomier rest for the on-a-wim road trippers, or a place to make summer memories with the whole family. No matter who you are, where you're going, or why, with 24 trusted brands to choose from like La Quinta, Days Inn, and Super 8, your Wyndham is waiting. Get the lowest price at WyndhamHotels.com. Restrictions apply. Visit website for more details. 35 to 40 more criminal counts could be brought by special counsel Jack Smith against Donald Trump in a superseding indictment relating to Trump's theft of national defense information and classified records, according to a new report by The Independent. The new counts, if they are brought, could be based on other audio recordings of Donald Trump that Jack Smith has that have not yet been made public. This as we learn that the grand jury that voted to indict Donald Trump is still investigating other crimes by Trump and issuing subpoenas. The best part about potential new charges is that they could potentially be brought in another venue away from Judge Eileen Cannon, like in New Jersey, where Trump's Bedminster property is located. Look, this is coming from The Independent, so it's not 100% confirmed, but they've been right on a lot of things. And The New York Times also reported about the activity by the grand jury. Who expected this day to arrive? Rudy Giuliani voluntarily meets with special counsel Jack Smith as part of a proffer agreement, which would require Giuliani's cooperation in the criminal investigation into Donald Trump's election, uh, 2020 election interference and conduct related to the insurrection. So let me just get this straight, brothers. So you've got Giuliani, Trump's personal attorney, is cooperating with Jack Smith. You got Mark Meadows, Trump's former chief of staff, is cooperating with Jack Smith. Okay. You've got Mike Pence, Trump's okay. former VP, is cooperating with Jack Smith. You got Michael Roman, Trump's <laughs> former head of election day operations from 2020, who led the fake elector scheme, is cooperating with Jack Smith Smith. Do you see what the Jack is cooking right now? <laughs> I think if you were named everybody cooperating, I think it might be the whole episode at this I point. Know. I mean, that's, that's yeah. where we're headed. Good point. But as yet another reminder why it is so important to vote for our democracy, the six Republicans on the Supreme Court ruled today that it is unlawful for colleges and universities to consider diversity as any factor in its admission decisions, holding that programs designed to promote diversity in colleges and universities were per se racist. And the Republican court compared programs designed to promote diversity as being the same things as programs supporting segregation. Just want you to understand that that's what the holding was and how disgusting it is. Many of America's largest corporations, the American Medical Association and the military submitted briefs to the court before the ruling saying outlawing diversity initiatives or outlawing the ability to even consider it as any factor would be devastating to the United States economy. Yet six Republican lawyers on the Supreme Court with no expertise in this matter said, screw the economy, 
Screw what universities think is best. But hey, United States military, this ruling doesn't apply to you. So mm. you can continue to use diversity as a factor when it comes to sending minorities into war zones. I want to read you some of the dissents by the justices appointed by Democrats because they are incredible and powerful and shows you again why you need to vote. Also, Kevin McCarthy, the weakest speaker of the House in American history, made a statement on CNBC this week that was what? Mildly critical of Donald Trump. And like the coward and weakest speaker of the House in history that he is, had to beg for forgiveness in an act of public self-flagellation for upsetting the Republican Party's cult leader, Donald Trump. Really weird and dangerous stuff. And this as Republican leaders in Congress continue to roll out fake whistleblowers and conspiracy theories to try and initiate impeachment, impeachment proceedings against just about everyone in the Biden administration, but only to have their efforts backfire in their faces each and every week. And again, that's what happened this week. And meanwhile, Team Normal, back on normal land, President Biden is giving speeches about the economy and mm -hmm. jobs and better working conditions. In a speech in Chicago about Bidenomics, President Biden discussed how under his policies, America now has the fastest growing GDP of any G7 nation since the pandemic, and America has reined in inflation better than any G7 nation. You know, being the best economy in the world and having that supported by objective data, you know, sure sounds like a good thing to me, but apparently if you are a MAGA Republican, rather than having the best economy, you are more concerned about Mr. Potato Head and washing machine conspiracy theories and Dr. Seuss and which Disney character is too woke this week for you. And of course, the green M&M. I'm Ben Micellis and this is the... This is the Midas Touch podcast, Brett and Jordy Micellis, my co-host. A lot, a lot to discuss, but I think the key thing about this episode, when you see the contrast, the distinctions, the damage done by the Supreme Court, the importance of voting and getting out these pro-democracy messages. Yeah, it's just normalcy versus I don't even know what to call this Republican Party. I mean, every week they just descend further and further into madness. I want to clarify one thing at the top, Ben, because you often talk about the self-flagellation of the Republican Party. I think a lot of people believe that you say the self-flatulation, and I want to make sure <laughs> that those are two separate things. I mean, they may be engaged in that as well, but you're talking about the whipping, not the the gas. So I, I just want to make themselves, sure. But I think both apply. Because facts matter here, I want to make sure at the outset that the folks know exactly what, what, what you intend, Ben. With, well, with they the fart fascism each and every day, and they don't even speak or articulate uh, yeah. any valid points. Yeah, and and we'll get into that with Rudy, who literally farted fascism and COVID, and uh, and the repercussions of that heard around the world. Uh, but we have a lot to discuss. I mean, it's it, it's every single week. In all seriousness, like the reason why the Republicans do what they do, and we were talking about this as as brothers earlier today, is they really want you 
to feel discouraged. They really mm -hmm. want you to feel disheartened. And when you see them kind of systematically destroying the government and trying to block programs that help people and doing all the culture war BS that they do, it's all by design. It's all made to try to divide people. And it's all made to try to break your faith in the idea that government can work at all. Uh, and they want to be the first people to get in there and prove that government cannot work. And then they hope you go, hey, government doesn't work anyway. Let's remove this program. Let's remove that program. It's how they operate. So on this show, on every show, we want to make sure that nobody ever gets discouraged and plays into their game. We are here to stay uplifted. We are here to stay motivated because we here at the Midas Mighty, we see exactly what they're doing. We see through their games and we are going to call it out every single day. Jordy, good to see you. How are you doing today? I'm doing well. Stoked for tonight's show. Two quick things at the top here. When's the last time, Brett, to your point, you've actually heard a Republican say anything good about this country, right? It's always all so doom and gloom with them. And to your point exactly there, Brett, it's because they don't want you to have hope. They're trying to beat you down every step of the way. We'll get into that in tonight's show a bit more. The second thing is I think you used the word gobsmacked earlier in the week in, in the yes. episode earlier. I've I've seen it everywhere now. I'm bringing it's like it back. One, it's, it's one of those things now that I just can't escape. And I don't know if people are taking your cue and now we're all using it or if it's just that popular of a word right now, but I, I cannot escape the word gobsmacked. Well, Jordy, uh, the people call me a trendsetter and uh, an influencer. You are, no, I'm just yeah, you are. <laughs> So, um, you know, it's also a, you know, a British term as people has informed me. And I studied for six months in the UK hey. uh, back in college. So maybe I, I picked it up as part of my learnings back when I studied in the UK. Anyway, I, I think about it's a trend though that we're bringing to the fore. I mean, look, I was talking about how MAGA Republicans don't even articulate points points anymore and they speak like fascist Furbies, like it's impossible to even know what you're a green M&M, &M, you're a purple M&M, you're came cool. back. And I'm like, Furbies are back. They're bringing Furbies back. Furbies are back. I, I mean, Furbies something's back. happening. Gobsmacked is back. Yeah, no, it's 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 a big deal. What what are we going to bring back today? We will we will see. I know what I want to bring back: a strong democracy. That's hey, what I, like I, that. want I want. I want to bring back the truth because MAGA Republicans are so focused on also an uneducated electorate, right? Like people, many people don't know the composition of the Supreme Court, which is which is, you know, we got to learn about that stuff, right? So when the Supreme Court makes a ruling overturning Roe v. Wade, it's not the uh, justices appointed by Democrats. It's the justices appointed by Trump. It's the justices appointed by George W. Bush. That's how you get that ruling, right? When the Supreme Court makes the ruling it does today, saying you can't factor in diversity as any factor, it's not the Democratic justices. It is or the justices appointed by Democratic administrations. It is the six justices, six to three. That's the composition of the court. There are nine justices, six who are appointed by Republicans, three by Democrats. The six win out on all of these issues, undermining fundamental rights. Because when we talk about this case, and we'll go into it more detail, in 2016, before Trump, there was a case involving uh, diversity as a factor. And I like to use that term more than affirmative action because let's face it, Affirmative action in the sense of actual quotas and like a point system has really never existed. That's mm. been outlawed since 1978. So when we're talking about affirmative action, we're just saying, 
can universities even factor in the idea of diversity? Because that was the decision in Regents versus Bakke in 1978, affirmed by Grutter versus Bollinger in 2003. In 2016, Fisher versus University of Texas, but all said diversity could be a factor. So in 2016, it was fine. Diversity could be a factor. And that's what American corporations were saying was important for our economy. That's what the military was saying. So then something changed in 2023. What was it? Donald Trump and Trump appointing three justices. That was the big change there. You know, and also you see these MAGA Republicans bragging about the infrastructure projects. Senator Tommy Tuberville from Alabama, Nancy Mace, Congresswoman, MAGA Republican from mm -hmm. South Carolina, John Cornyn, MAGA Republican Senator from Texas, just to name a few, are all saying, we're bringing broadband to our states and to our districts. Y'all voted against it. You voted against the Infrastructure Act. You voted against it. I was happy that President Biden quote tweeted Tuberville and said, I'll see you at the groundbreaking and then name check Tuberville in his speech in Chicago. But you have to call these people out. These people are voting against the things, but they rely on an uneducated electorate not to even know the basics of how our civics work. And that's why they want to destroy education. That's why they want to ban books. That's why they attack colleges and universities. That's why Donald Trump says, I love the uneducated, because when people understand fundamentally what's going on, they understand, whoa, whoa, you MAGA Republicans, you're fighting for billionaires and Donald Trump only and screwing me over? Yes, that's the conclusion that you will always draw. So MAGA Republicans have to depend on not keeping people educated and dividing Americans with these ridiculous and absurd cultural issues. It's why fundamentally this show, this network is so critical because when you watch large media networks, they just both sides that they act like this crap is normal and it's not and we refuse to be gaslit. So anyway, let's get into let's get into the news. We'll talk more about the decision today by the Supreme Court, its implications. But look, this story wow, from the independent when I saw it, I sent in the brother text chat three of those alarm emojis because this was a big one. My heart, the, by the way, my heart always skips. When I get the three alarm text, the siren text, my heart skips a beat. I'm like, what is it? But, by the know, way, we're oh, being way too insider right now. We got to let everybody know. So we're in the brother's group text. And so when something major breaks, one of us, whoever's there first, will send a few sirens in the chat just so we can prepare for the news that we're about to hear. Yeah, but here's the thing. Jordy often misuses the sirens. Oh, he totally and, misuses uh, the sirens. Like, <laughs> Like Jordy will do the Name sirens. Name one time. Name one time. Name I one could, time. I, I could go through my phone, but, <laughs> but like you could do the sirens, and then sometimes it's not even related to Midas. Sometimes it's like related to like like you just got like. I don't know, food at the store or something. And I'm like, Jordy, that's not an alert. Oh, I know. I, I, I could give you the exact. When you when you did a leg press of like 250 pounds, you yeah. two, you 315. 315. Yeah, I, I needed to let you guys. Total it was a abuse, big accomplishment. Total abuse of the sirens. Anyway, abuse back. The sirens. I, 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 I get us back on track right now. So 
Three Sirens, the story from The Independent. Prosecutors are prepared to hit Trump and his allies with new charges, sources say. Prosecutors can bring between 30 to 45 additional criminal charges against the former president in the coming weeks. The Independent has learned. It's written by Andrew Feinberg. He was right on the date of the indictment. I mean, he Feinberg's been right on a lot of information. And so he clearly has sources that are close to what is going on here, whether they are witnesses or whether they are within the Department of Justice. And one of the things that this report says that Jack Smith is waiting for, though, is frankly to see how Judge Eileen Cannon is handling this. You see, Jack Smith always had, as we said, a backup plan. I was always very confident that when Jack Smith filed, he knew that if he was filing in the West Palm Beach district in the Southern District of Florida, it was actually a one and four chance of getting Judge Eileen Cannon. But he really had no other choice. That was the correct jurisdiction to file in in the Southern District of Florida because that's where the crimes took place. If you filed in another jurisdiction, we'd be spending two years fighting a jurisdictional battle. And if ultimately there was a conviction, it would be overturned by the D.C. Circuit Court of Appeal. So he did the right thing, but he realized there were crimes committed in other areas. Right. When Donald Trump showed classified material at Bedminster, that is a corollary to many of the other charges regarding willful retention of national defense information, because the corollary is the transmission of national defense information is a violation of the Espionage Act. And the situs of those charges would be in Bedminster in New Jersey. So the venue of these other charges could be very important as well. And according to this report, Jack Smith may have other audio recordings as well of Donald Trump, which should not surprise you because this guy's a freaking moron. I mean, yes, he's a fascist. But when you hear these audio recordings that CNN dropped um, that were referenced in the indictment, this guy is a freaking moron. I mean, for him to talk about, hey, 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 how cool is this? Aren't I better than Mark Milley? Aren't I the winner? Aren't I better than General Milley? <laughs> Isn't this cool? Isn't this cool? I mean, that's what he's saying on these tapes. And also this report from The Independent talks about how special counsel Jack Smith is focused on Donald Trump's lawyers and their criminal conduct as well. So we may even expect some of Donald Trump's aides to be additional co-conspirators. Waltine Nauta, you may make some friends. Donald Trump's lawyers, you may be charged. Make attorneys, get attorneys is MAGA. We'll talk about a little more in the show this anus lawsuit filed by Alina Haba against uh, E. Jean Carroll, suing E. Jean Carroll on Donald Trump's behalf in a cross complaint for defamation. She, Alina, I'll, I'll just address it now. Alina Haba is going to get sanctioned for this. So E. Jean Carroll got to file her um, amended complaint based on the ruling in the first E. Jean Carroll case based on Donald Trump's defamatory statements from 2019. So she filed the new amended complaint based on additional defamatory statements Donald Trump made at that so-called CNN town hall after E. Jean Carroll was awarded $5 million by the jury and a jury found that Donald Trump engaged in sexual abuse and defamation. Well, Donald Trump said, well, if they only found sexual abuse and not rape, I'm the winner. 
That's actually what he argued. And therefore, I won, you defamed me. That's the disgusting argument that he's making. And he sued E. Jean Carroll in a cross complaint in answering that. But anyway, back to the prosecutors can bring 30 to 45 additional criminal charges. Make attorneys, get attorneys. Look, I think Alina Habba is somebody who potentially could be losing her legal license in, you know, in, in, in the near the nearish future. We see John Eastman is currently before the California bar exam for his conduct. I think there are criminal charges there, but this is this is a big story. And what it would be called if additional charges are brought and stacked on the other charges, that's called a superseding indictment. But big news, brothers. Big news, absolutely. I think they should make it a clean 45. Very, very symbolic, right? Bring on 45 new criminal charges. It's just amazing to see all these people, when you could look to the past, and there are so many examples of this, continue to debase themselves, continue to put their entire lives and careers on the line for this man who does not give a damn about them. Alina Haba right here, and I'm not saying that she is not complicit. She is 100% complicit in all this but she is allowing herself to be used to do Donald Trump's dirty work here to file all these lawsuits when she's already been sanctioned over a million dollars uh, to date. And it's going to keep happening. And you're right, Ben, she could very well lose her law license here. And I think this one of the reasons why I don't understand, I mean, I understand he's just a freaking liar, Donald Trump, and all these Republicans are liars. But the defenses, these weak defenses that they continue to put forward Forth. They're going to keep getting proven wrong because Jack Smith and the prosecutors in the special counsel's office and beyond are going to keep coming out with new evidence. Like you spoke about, Ben, that article hinted that there are new recordings, that there is new evidence that the Justice Department has been holding back. I think a lot of folks don't even fully remember this other part of the indictment of another incident when Donald Trump showed a classified map to a PAC representative who works for Donald Trump's pack. A lot of people are kind of confusing and conflating this moment with the other moment that we heard on the CNN tape. But this is a completely separate moment entirely. There is somebody listed in the Jack Smith indictment of Donald Trump as simply PAC representative. And last night we figured out her identity and her identity. Her name is Susan Wiles. She is a high ranking advisor to Donald Trump's 2024 campaign. And this conversation that Jack Smith lays out is from August or September 2021. And I'll read you the part of the indictment because it's pretty damning information here. In August or September 2021, when he was no longer president, Trump met at his in his office at the Bedminster Club. I'm just going to flag Bedminster once again, not in Florida, but in Bedminster, with a representative in New Jersey of his political action committee, the PAC representative, which is the Susan Wiles, who works for Donald Trump's uh, 2024 campaign right now. Trump commented that an ongoing military operation in country B was not going well. Trump showed the PAC representative a classified map of country B and told the PAC representative, Susan Wiles, that he should not be showing the map to PAC representative and to not get too close. The PAC representative did not have a security clearance or any need to know classified information about military operations. So when the name was revealed yesterday, I saw a lot of people say, oh, that's that. So that was the woman we heard laughing from the other tape. No, 
This is actually an entirely separate incident mm -hmm. of him showing classified information. And we're, I have a feeling we're going to continue to get all of these examples, continue to get even more recordings, even more evidence of Donald Trump flippantly sharing our top secret information with just random people, whether it's somebody he met that day, whether it's somebody working on his campaign who has no authority to be looking at it. And remember, Donald Trump has no reason to have these documents whatsoever. Right. This is only going to get worse. And the excuses that he's giving to Fox and to all these media organizations that go on his planes, he continues to dig the hole deeper and incriminate himself further. And it all can and will be used against him in the trials. Well, well thinking back, Brett, exactly that to the recording that we listened to earlier in the week of Trump showing the documents. They were laughing, like just the haphazard approach of them showing each other these documents and literally cracking up about this. <laughs> I can't. <laughs> you think that was the only time he showed them off? No, you're, you are sorely mistaken, folks. There are definitely other recordings out there. There have to be. And look, the excuses are intended to exhaust you, though, as well. And they intend to prey on uneducated people. You know, whatever, I give this excuse, that excuse. There doesn't have to be intellectual consistency if someone is not intellectual, <laughs> if someone's not intelligent. Oh, God, there's that excuse, that excuse, that excuse, that excuse. He's playing to a base. Um, and when large media networks do not check it and do not call it out, it becomes an incredibly problematic thing because they don't say, okay, that's a lie. That's false. That's why in real time, you got to fact check it. And that's what they're relying on. They're relying on the big lie, big lies over and over and over again, and just get people totally exhausted. Every single day, it's a disinformation. <laughs> Every day there are huh? about a handful of things that the Republicans and these MAGA people put out on social media that ends up feeding its way into the mainstream, onto the Fox News, onto Breitbart, onto Daily Caller, Daily Wire, whatever the hell. And they're just made up. Like they're just flat out, like just invented things. They're, they're either deceptively edited clips, just completely fabricated stories. And it's every single day. And frankly, uh, there's... I don't think, I mean, it's much easier to tell a lie and just keep lying than it is to actually say, well, here are the actual facts behind this duh, 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 and, and mm. actually explain it. And that's what they rely upon. They just so rapid fire these lies. And it comes from not only these influencers and random social media people that we all see, but it comes from the House Republicans. It comes from the Republican Party, which is the most horrifying thing of all. And they are using it to threaten the United States to threaten our government. That's what enables it. At the end of the day, if you are someone like the late great Senator John McCain and someone has a microphone and they're saying a lie, you could take away that microphone and say, no, mm -hmm. you are wrong. Or you can take that microphone, hook it up to an amplifier and blast it out every single day. And John McCain took away the mic and that's leadership. I may disagree with the late, great John McCain on a lot of issues, but ultimately, fundamentally, there's a pro-democracy uh, thing that we can forge together. But you got MAGA Republicans who are doing the exact opposite. Oh, you're making up the lie? Well, let's make sure that leads the news coverage, your lie. But the lies catch up to you if law and order is working. Rudy Giuliani is seeing that firsthand. Rudy Giuliani 
voluntarily met with Jack Smith this month. Didn't just happen this week. We're just learning about the meeting that already took place this week. And Rudy Giuliani is promoting that this meeting occurred. He's like reposting on Twitter people who are reporting on this story. He is retweeting that. Um, it was what's called a proffer session, which is in essence a cooperation agreement between a Department of Justice and a possible target where the individual who's the possible target of an investigation agrees to testify about everything. No pleading the fifth. You have to be an open book in a proffer session. In exchange, you get limited immunity for the things you say during that session. But if the prosecutors independently know of your crimes outside of what goes down in the proffer session, that's not subject to any immunity. Also, if you lie in the proffer session, commit perjury, you can be prosecuted for that. But otherwise, you usually get a limited immunity during the proffer session. But in exchange, you have to say everything that happened, everything. And if you leave out a fact, you could be prosecuted right then and there. And so all of the other things that you said by even the slightest omission, you now could be prosecuted for. That's why it's very risky also to do a proffer session with the client. But one of the things that I think Giuliani is going to be most helpful about, he was at the Willard Hotel the day before the insurrection. That was the war room right, where you had Steve mm -hmm. Bannon and Mike Flynn and Alex Jones what a crew. and Roger Stone, that whole crew. You may remember from Cassidy Hutchins and Mark Meadows' top aides testimony. Remember, Meadows wanted to go to the Willard and meet with them, and Cassidy Hutchinson was like, what are you doing? You can't go there. But Meadows, <laughs> but Meadows, who's cooperating with Jack Smith, called into the Willard and after Christina Bob was at the Willard, that's uh, the Proud Boys were in front of it. It's like a beautiful five star hotel where dignitaries stay and MAGA Republicans turn this into the insurrection war zone. And it's right by um, the White House, the location. And so knowing what went down at the Willard is key, knowing about the fake elector scheme. Giuliani and Sidney Powell also had Trump proxies essentially break into election offices and steal election data, like in Coffee County, Georgia. They used a MAGA Republican who was the chair of the Coffee County Republicans to walk in, take a thumb drive, steal people's election data. They did that in other states. So Giuliani's going to have all of that information and a ton more. So that was a big development. And also, special counsel Jack Smith met with Brad. Raffensperger, of course, Raffensperger, the, the Republican Secretary of State, who Donald Trump extorted saying, find me 11,780 votes or else bad things are going to happen to you. Raffensperger, we believe, gave a voluntary interview. He's cooperated with the Fulton County District Attorney um, and others. And so big developments in Jack Smith's investigation. Um, and Investigations. Like, let's investigation. think about the picture that that's being painted right now by Jack Smith. You have Jack Smith now kind of going all across the country, balancing multiple criminal investigations into Donald Trump. Jack Smith's people went down to Atlanta to talk to Raffensperger. Mm -hmm. that's, where, that's where that happened. Jack Smith's in DC. Jack Smith is still in Miami subpoenaing people for the documents case. He is still getting further testimony, which then that was from the New York Times, which when you pair that New York Times piece that the investigation is still ongoing in Miami, 
with the independent piece, it shows you why there are likely to be more superseding indictments to that original indictment there. And then you see just a flurry of action happening around the January 6th case right now. Like, finally, it's good to see this to me. The January 6th case is perhaps the most important to our democracy. I mean, it actually concerns the peaceful transfer of power, which is what our entire country is based upon. And Donald Trump and these Republicans violated that sacred transfer of power. And now we're seeing Brad Raffensperger. We're seeing in the past week alone, we saw not only Rudy do the proffer deal, we saw uh, the, the guy who's on Alex Jones's show, Owen, Owen Schroyer. He uh, made a cooperation deal with the Department of Justice. You see people kind of flipping and cooperating from all ends. They're getting people and they are focusing very heavily on the actions and events that took place in that Willard Hotel, in the Willard War Room. And to me, it's about damn time, but I'm I'm excited to see that they are doing it and they are working so expeditiously at this moment and and that both cases are moving ahead right now at full speed. My favorite Jack Smith story is uh, so far is during Trump's arraignment when Jack Smith was looking at Trump and Trump was too afraid to even look Jack Smith in the eyes. And according to multiple people who were there, Jack Smith was looking at him the entire freaking time. And Donald <laughs> Trump was just, he was his, his hands were crossed and he was just looking at the floor because that's who he is. He is a complete and utter coward if you call him out and not enable him like the cowardly modern day Republican Party. Also, for those in the YouTube chat, you may be seeing these emojis being used right now. You may be saying, how do I get a Jack Smith emoji <laughs> or these legal AF emojis right or, or, or other ones? Well, you can do by becoming a member of our YouTube channel. It helps support our network. We don't have outside investors. So there's a little dollar sign at the bottom of the YouTube chat. You can become a member. It enables you to use the emojis. If you're a member, you can buy memberships for Ooh. other people. People. Let's try to get everybody a membership Let's in the chat. And if you want to receive a membership as a gift, I believe you can click that dollar sign and say you're open to receiving a gifted membership. We've got a lot to discuss. And here's a fun fact, though, as we go into this commercial break, you know, the, the, the sponsor is Alex and Ani, and they have these great bangles, especially for the 4th of July. I, when I was a lawyer, did a lot of work for the Alex and Ani. So it's so super cool to see them supporting our pro-democracy content here. Such a full um, circle moment. It's so awesome. Full They're circle such a good moment brand. for me. And they do great work. So everybody make sure you check out the Alex and Ani website. I mean, it's, it's great, great, great stuff. Here, play this and we'll be right back. Jewelry is having a big moment right now. And with hundreds of products popping up in your feed every day, it can be hard to find a brand you trust. Alex and Ani has been creating meaningful jewelry for over 20 years, designing pieces that connect you with all of life's important moments. With an emphasis on value, there's truly something for everyone. You might be most familiar with their signature charm bangle. This bracelet literally created the category of meaningful jewelry and had you stacking charms from your wrist to your elbow. This piece is an icon for a reason. Completely size inclusive, each bracelet is adorned with a symbol designed to tell your story and express your unique style. Beyond the bangle, you'll find stylish, affordable jewelry for every occasion, from classic pieces to bold statement looks. Don't know where to start? Alex and Ani makes it easy to unpack the trends you're after and sprinkle in your personality too. Each piece comes with a personalized message and meaning, truly making it the perfect gift. 
You can take comfort in knowing that you're shopping with a socially conscious brand as well. To date, Alex and Ani has donated over $60 million to nonprofits worldwide, connecting fashion and philanthropy in an easy, fun, affordable way. Visit alexandani.com right now to discover the confidence that comes with a perfectly accessorized piece of jewelry. Right now, Alex and Ani is offering our audience 20% off with code MIDAS at checkout. Again, head to alexandani.com, that's A-L-E-X-A-N-D-A-N-I.com, and use code MIDAS at checkout for 20% off your order. I have a big family, and that means there's usually a lot of trash left over by the time the work week comes to an end. And frankly, I used to feel a bit guilty about this, but then I got a Lomi. Now that I have a Lomi, it's changed the way I think about my food waste. First off, Lomi transforms my garbage into gold at the push of a button. Lomi is a countertop electric composter that turns food scraps to dirt in just under four hours. Now, I love composting. Plus, it's made cooking at home even more fun. There's no more food rotting in my garbage and smelling up the kitchen. Thanks to Lomi, I only have to take out the trash once a week. And it's a hassle-free, mess-free experience. No more leaking bags. Here's something cool, too. I turn my waste into nutrient-rich dirt that I feed to my plants, lawn, or garden. That means it's not going to landfills and producing methane gas. I get to help the environment and make my life easier. And all the food scraps, plant clippings, and even those leftovers I forgot in the back of the fridge, they go back into my garden, helping me grow more nutritious food right from the backyard. I learned that food waste makes up a huge portion of our personal carbon footprint. And by reducing the amount of food that I send to a landfill, I'm helping to do my part for this planet while also feeding my garden. Now, whether you want to start making a positive environmental impact or just grow a beautiful garden, Lomi is perfect for you. Head to Lomi.com slash Midas and use the promo code Midas to get $50 off your Lomi. That's $50 off when you head to Lomi.com slash Midas and use the promo code Midas at checkout. Thank you, Lomi, for sponsoring this. I Let's mean, go. Alex go. and Ani, Lomi, I mean... I love having sponsors when I love their products yes. and all of the sponsors we have here on the Midas Touch podcast. I love their products. Okay. And look, we got to support this now. We don't have outside investors. So <laughs> if you, if, and it's cool having good products that we could talk about. You know, the cool really thing about help. the Alex Anani ones too, like I, people like they wear like multiple on their wrists, like they, they get like yeah. a bunch of bangles and they wear them all and like they have different charms. It's, it's really, really cool. By the way, all the links and the promo codes and stuff are always in the description of the podcast and the YouTube videos. So if you ever forget, you don't have to rewind, just check it out there. I saw a lot of people also buying memberships and gifting each other memberships for our YouTube during the break. That's I love it. So I love super it. Cool. The community hey. coming. To, I want to see everybody with a membership uh, one day with everybody stepping up. That would be so super cool. All right. So I want to talk hey, now. Ben, about real quick. Sorry, I wanted to dive in to that Giuliani. I wanted to make one point in that Giuliani before we. Go. I'm sorry to interrupt your flow, but don't you think this is also? Let me just let me just dive in right there. Don't you think it's? Don't you think it's also interesting? This is Giuliani's last card left to play. Right. There was all those reports that broke over the last six, 12 months that Rudy and Trump have totally cooled off, that Trump didn't pay Rudy, that they have all this underlying beef. And Rudy really can't do anything. He's totally embarrassed himself. He's on cameo. I mean, the guy went from America's mayor to America's clown. And so now this is it. This is his last card. This is his last time for redemption. Not even saying he could even obtain redemption, but to him, this is it. 
There may be some good people on Cameo. I want to. I'm not on Cameo, but I. I, 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 I hold, 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 hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, Jordy, you were on Cameo. It's so different. I wasn't. I was. That's so different. It's, it's different. I will it's find so your Cameo. Jordy yeah. was on Cameo. How There's a lot of good ways to go after Giuliani. The fact that he's on Cameo would not. I mean. If you want to say, here's a video Giuliani made where somebody had him like sing a weird okay, song. Like, okay. Like, like yeah, Giuliani like the did a cameo like where he's like, yeah. I, where Giuliani was like, I'm a rubber duckling. I'm a rubber duck. <laughs> I mean, the, the, Giuliani should have vetted that, but saying he's on cameo okay, is not. St- like, still a good point though, nonetheless. Yes. And, and, and for those for those who are going to search for Jordy after, he's not currently on it, but he was on it. <laughs> early Midas days the the it's it's actually a great point let's also remember that in the past week Giuliani was sanctioned by a federal judge Judge Beryl Howell in Washington DC for his discovery abuses in the defamation case brought against him by Ruby Freeman and Shay Moss the attorney fee amount has not been submitted yet but I would expect Giuliani's about to be sanctioned in that case hundreds of thousands of dollars in addition to he's going to be found liable. He's going to be bankrupt after that case. So I think to your point, he's played all of his cards. I'm too broke to do discovery. Every excuse in the world and time is finally up. So basically, think- it's either this or he's going to have to pick up the pace on the cameos to make it up. <laughs> oh, man. So so I want to go back to the Supreme Court decision. Students for fair admissions versus Harvard and North Carolina worked its way up to the Supreme Court. So first, let's talk about this group, Students for Fair Admissions. It's an astroturf group by a guy named Edward Blum, who's been trying to get rid of any uh, allowing diversity in any That's what he does for a living. So he creates these groups and tries to pit like different races or different genders. And he always tries to pit people together. So he tries to find plaintiffs um, who will go against other communities to create division. It's done intentionally. It's part of a plan. This is all by the Federalist Society by design. So just so you know what that group is. Harvard and North Carolina. Harvard is a private institution which takes federal funds. North Carolina is a public institution. So why are these cases being merged together? Because it's all a freaking plan. It's all an op from the outset of the Federalist Society group filing them in certain district courts, judge shopping, uh, shepherding them through the federal court system to get in front of these judges to have the outcome that happened today. You know, I don't you. And I know it's saying Supreme Court overrules affirmative action. And I think that's a fair way to characterize today's ruling. But affirmative action, if if you were to say, what's affirmative action? Does that mean that schools have to bring in a certain amount of minority applicants? That's not allowed. That's always been unlawful. People don't really know that. Going back to 1978, in the case Regents of California versus Baki, it outlawed quotas. And then there was a case in 2003, Grutter versus Bollinger, which says you can't even have a point-based system at all. You can just look at the idea of minority applicants as one factor 
as part of a totality of factors. So a school promoting diversity can be one of 50 factors, but you can't say, well, that's worth 10 points. Otherwise, you're unlawful. And that was affirmed in 2016. 2016, there was a, so not long ago, diversity, well, okay. So Supreme Court precedents in 78, 2003, 2016. So something changed. And what, what was it that it be? And what it was is three right-wing extremist Supreme Court justices appointed by Donald Trump have now made the ruling that it will be unlawful to have diversity as a factor. You can't even consider diversity. I've heard, well, they can still write an essay about their experience, sure. But if the school is factoring in diversity at all, they are now in violation of the law. The school, based on this radical right ruling, you are a racist school for trying to promote diversity, and you can be sued for millions of dollars in damages. That is the effect of the holding. So if a school's like, well, let me try to do some essay where people can talk about their experiences as a way around this ruling, I don't think that works because ultimately, if you can show the school's trying to promote diversity, the school's breaking the law. I just want you to think about how extreme of a decision. And they're saying all decisions have to be race neutral. And basically by even thinking about diversity, by promoting diversity, that's the same as promoting segregation. You are being racist by trying to promote more black and brown people to go to the school, more black and brown students and, other, and from other minority communities. That's the ruling today. So if you want to go back to the Dobbs decision, which basically cited 18th century like British people who believed women engage in witchcraft and women shouldn't, that they cited that in their Dobbs decision, okay? So they go after women, they go after LGBTQ+, they go after black and brown communities and applicants and act like, what are you talking about? Amer America, there is no racism in America. What, what, are you, what are you talking about? Oh, and it is a racist thing to promote diversity. I think it's critical that we understand in those terms that is what the ruling is saying. And what corporations are saying, you know, because they all submitted what's called an amicus curiae, a friend of the court brief, big corporations from Apple to Levi's across all industry sectors, right? Because I'll tell you what, the corporations know they're coming for us next. The next thing after this ruling is corporations that promote diversity that will be deemed unlawful. That's the next step where these Republicans go. We already see Stephen Miller and That's groups like that filing EEOC complaints saying, oh, if you're trying to promote more women or you're trying to promote, um, you know, to senior to more senior positions, black and brown, indigenous or whatever candidates, right? You are now being, you corporations are racist. And that's where they're going. So the corporations are like, we need diverse workforce. That's how we're going to be competitive in a global economy. And you're going to harm the American economy. And it was a 6-3 decision. The six Republican justices voted to strike down any diversity at all in the admissions process. It's not coming from Democrats. They wrote very sharp dissents to Democrats saying how horrific this was going to be. But three Republican lawyers 
who are not experts, who don't know anything. They're just, you know, in, in this area, in, in the universities, they go, we know better. We are not going to let universities do their own thing. And we don't care how this affects the economy. Just so you know how radical it is. Remember I mentioned the 1978 case, the Regents of, of California versus Baki. The person who wrote that decision was someone by the name of Lewis Powell, who was a prominent politician in Virginia. He sat on one of their boards there, and he wanted to stop the integration of schools. Yet when he became a Supreme Court justice, despite the fact that he was against schools being integrated, he ruled as a mature justice that there will be deference to universities to make these decisions. Yes, it can't be quota-based, but it could be a factor. That's how radical it is. A right-wing, essentially segregationist from 1978 came out with a decision that allowed diversity in universities, and the current Supreme Court was like, nah, Lewis Powell, nah, that's racist. That's how crazy this decision is. Well, we've we've seen it time and time again, and we've seen this uh, shifting, as we've uh, you know called it, and as uh, the Republicans often speak about it, the shifting of the Overton window to the right to try to normalize this sort of far right behavior over and over again. And there was the comments we played on the show before of Chief Justice Warren Berger, um, who was a actual conservative Supreme Court justice who spoke out vehemently against the right wing interpretation of the Second Amendment. You play that now to Republicans, they would say, oh, what is he, a woke liberal socialist? No, nah, he was the chief justice of the Supreme Court, conservative appointed by <laughs> Nixon, I believe, was he appointed by? I mean, this is like an actual right wing justice who had those beliefs. And, you know, we often hear the phrase, we live in unprecedented times. We live in unprecedented times. Apparently, the Supreme Court is taking that extremely literally. And apparently, precedent just doesn't matter anymore. They're just tossing aside. 50 plus years of precedent over and over and over again. Honestly, when I read a lot of these decisions, like these Supreme Court justices feel like glorified, like right wing bloggers, like that stuff you'd see on like uh, on like Breitbart, um, but just with like a nice header. It's 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 pretty wild to see the transformation that we see. I do want to read just a bit of these dissents. I thought Katanji Brown Jackson, Justice Katanji Brown Jackson, had a incredibly passionate dissent that I believe everybody should hear, and I'll read it for you now. With it, it's just so brilliantly written. With let them eat cake obliviousness today, the majority pulls the ripcord and announces, quote, color blindness for all, end quote, by legal fiat, but deeming race irrelevant in law does not make it so in life. And having so detached itself from this country's actual past and present experiences, the court has now been lured into interfering with the crucial work that UNC and other institutions of higher learning are doing to solve America's real world problems. No one benefits from ignorance. Although formal race-linked legal barriers are gone, race still matters to the lived experiences of all Americans in innumerable ways. And today's ruling makes things worse, not better. The best that can be said of the majority's perspective is that it proceeds ostrich-like from the hope that preventing consideration of race will end racism. Incredibly powerful words there from Justice Katanji Brown Jackson. Justice Sotomayor said, ignoring race will not equalize a society that is racially unequal. What is true in the 1860s and again in 1954 is true today. Equality requires acknowledgement 
of inequality. Michelle Obama also had an incredible statement. I I just recommend that all you go to her uh, Instagram, Twitter account, and and read it in full, just so that it's it's done justice. But I I thought it was done, you know, very very well. Some very important remarks about the ruling. But when you read the uh, the ruling as well, you see and you read the dissents and you read the footnotes of the dissents. The dissents being the three uh, pro democracy judges, we'll call them. A lot of fiery rhetoric about Clarence Thomas and the right wing justices. You could see a lot of tension in the words. And by the way, from Justice Thomas as well, back at them. But I've never quite seen such animosity between justices sitting on the Supreme Court bench. It was just interesting to me to see as, as someone who's a, a non lawyer. Well, I saw it in the Dobbs decision, you know, as well, because when this new radical right majority is overturning their own precedent and taking away rights from people, you have the individuals who are the Democratic appointed justices are frankly calling it out like it is. That's their only power that they have, being that they will always be outvoted 6 3. And this is not a minor matter. I mean, this is taking away fundamental rights and overturning fundamental Supreme Court precedent. I mean, when I go to when I went to law school, we were taught about precedent, the importance of it, you know, and how a ruling from 1978 and 2003 and 2016 matters that a court just because whether you're right wing or left, whatever, you're not supposed to in 2023 go, yeah, you, we ruled this way in 2016, but whatever, see you later. Like it goes against foundationally everything that I learned. And, and here's a take uh, that um, AOC said on her social media. But again, I want to show you here. I want to show you what AOC saying. I want to show you the why it's so important that we all stay informed, share these videos, share the breakdown of what's going on. Because remember, there are disinformation, powerful billion dollar disinformation echo chambers. The same way there is billion dollar federalist society crap that gets this case in the courts. Then you got your right wing fascist billion dollar disinformation machines, then pump the lies into the veins of people and so that they don't read it and they're confused about what's happening. This is what AOC said. If the Supreme Court was serious about their ludicrous color blindness claims, they would have abolished legacy admissions, aka affirmative action for the privileged. 70% of Harvard's legacy applicants are white. SCOTUS didn't touch that, which would have impacted them and their patrons, right? So what is, which is a great point, that great point. the reason that you need a program that takes into account diversity is that when the great grandfather or great great grandfather of a current white Harvard applicant, they get in based on legacy because their great great grandfather went to Harvard, their great great grandfather may have been a slaveholder. And at, at the end of the it's day, it's almost like, okay, you want to end affirmative action and you want to say it's because 
you want it to be merit based, then you have to end, end everything. You got to end the legacy admissions. That's exactly. not Jared Kushner's dad buys a library. Well, well, and and that's how the kid gets into Harvard. You know, trust me, he's not Harvard material. Okay, and it's just um, and it's just. Uh, I, I mean, think about uh, you know uh, many of our recent presidents and and how they got to where they are. I mean, Donald Trump is like a legacy guy. That's how he got to where he is. Yep. He didn't get into uh, the Warden School of Business because of his big great brain. Uh, he got there for other reasons. Think about uh, George W. Bush. Uh, think about. I mean, you could really go down the line of a lot of Republicans. Yep leaders. They got to where today, where they are today because of privilege and in some cases reached the highest office of the land. And just to like go over kind of how unusual this is quickly, I feel like the Supreme, the Supreme Court and a lot of inst most institutions in this country are are conservative by nature. And what I mean by that is they rely on past precedent and they basically just go along with the inertia of American society, right? They don't like to disrupt the status quo. And sometimes that's a you know, a bad thing to rely on precedent, right? Like back in the day, the Dred Scott case is an example of that. But this is so unusual at this moment in time for the Supreme Court to upend decades and decades and decades of precedent over and over and over and over again. And it really shows that the Supreme Court is not at all conservative. This is a very radical yeah. Supreme Court that we are dealing with, that they are completely upending the entire system of education, the entire system of government. I mean, you just have to put it into perspective as to how insane this really is. This is precedent that's going back in this case to the 1970s that's well established and this court's ripping us back to a time like before the civil rights act before all of these critical pieces of legislation the point i wanted to make on aoc though is you saw her post it's a true statement this is how fox reports it aoc ridiculed for viral take on legacy admissions following supreme court's affirmative action ruling AOC faced an onslaught of criticism Thursday after she provided her take on the Supreme Court's affirmative action ruling and suggested the high court isn't serious about its, about its ludicrous color blindness claims or else it would have abolished legacy admissions. It goes on to quote what she does says. Does have a bunch of embedded tweets? What is it? I like, yeah, you go yeah, there, yeah, it's yeah, a that's... bunch of tweets from blue checks on Twitter. It says the squad Democrat went on to note, then it talked about what her post was. Then it says AOC's comments came shortly after. Responding to AOC, several social media users, exactly, Brett, that's how they use it. Just yeah, random so Several so social media users, several, with the, who, who, several, who, who are you talking who, about? Several social media users who took issue with the lawmakers' remarks were quick to point out that the Supreme Court did not hear a case about college and university legacy admissions, the practice of giving preference to the children of alumni. Absolute gibberish. There is no case before the Supreme Court that is related to legacy admissions, one user explained in a tweet. Also, the constant, I mean, could you, that's where they are going. It's, it's, it's a fake story. Yeah. It's specifically written to try to show social proof. And social proof is one of the big, beyond policy, 
beyond yep. almost anything, social proof is probably the most important thing um, that a issue that a candidate could possibly have. By social proof, it means basically folks that you look up to are in agreement on a certain thing. So when you see a bunch of people talking crap about AOC's comments and, and you see all this assembled and Fox goes, look how she was ridiculed and you go on that website, you want to be a part of that club. You want to be with the cool kids, right? You're, you're, you, you like going on Fox. You want to be, look at all, look, all these people say you don't feel that way. You, you don't want to be like a loser, right? You don't want to get ridiculed also. You want to be in this cool group right here. And that's how social proof works. Beyond any policy, social proof is an incredibly powerful force on just the human psyche in general. And that's why Fox does it. And it's so easy. Those articles are so easy. You could do that about literally anything. You and then it gets funneled to the New York side. Post and yeah, then it's and the whole cycle. Exactly, Jordy. Ex yes. And then gets funneled to everywhere else. Like a billion other publications will then, then pick it goes, up the according to According to a report from a major newspaper, many yep. people are really, you know, the one thing I really wish Legacy Media will do this weekend, because this is going to be a hot topic that all the senators and Congress peeps are going to go on the shows and, and talk about, talk about the military exemption. Then, like when when these Republicans bring up their their fake talking points in in this instance, they need to then be pressed on. Okay, so how do you feel about the exemption for military schools? Like why yeah, why that, why that, your, why, that why is that okay? Military academies are now are still allowed to use diversity as a criteria because that's important for the defense of our country. But when it comes to the defense of our economy. Other universities can't focus on diversity, you know, and, and I think what's really important, I, I'm very careful with the language that I use and I'm very intentional. Mm -hmm. And frankly, I, I don't use the word affirmative action a lot because uh, the word itself creates a lot of preconceived notions. And I don't, and I think as I went through the history from what took place in 1978, there is no quota system. There is no point system for certain uh, underrepresented groups. It's simply, can a university say, you know what? It's important that we factor in diversity among many other situations. And the Supreme Court said, no, you factor in diversity, you are racist university. And then think about though, where they go next. That's something we all need to be very, very focused. The next place they go are to all of the corporations that have diversity initiatives and that promote diverse candidates and promote women in the boardroom. They're going to say, you are, you racist, you're racist. Look at our new holding in students versus fair admissions versus Harvard. It's important that we talked about this. It's important we broke it down in that way. We've got a lot to discuss as well. Kevin McCarthy's cowardice, another fake whistleblower being exposed. Like another one. It's like every week there's one. It's unbelievable. And, and remember, we were live, by the way, day one when they started pulling this one. And we went, up. Oh, here it comes. Here it comes, everybody. Look out. It's coming and it's going to be BS. And it was. And let's talk about President Biden and his work actually talking about jobs and the economy and lowering prescription drug prices and the tangible wins. I mean, the fact that the United States 
is the fastest growing GDP since the pandemic of any G7 nation. Normally, being the best is a good thing, unless you're a modern-day MAGA Republican and you're obsessed with the green M&M. We'll be back right after this quick break. And now let's take a quick break to talk about our next partner, Fume. Cold turkey, it may be great on sandwiches, but there's a better way to break your bad habits. We're not talking about some weird mind voodoo from your wacky neighbor or some sketchy message board. We're talking about our sponsor, Fume, and they look at the problem in a different way. Now, not everything in a bad habit is wrong. So instead of drastic, uncomfortable change, why not just remove the bad from your habit? Fume is an innovative, award-nominated device that does just that. Instead of electronics, Fume is completely natural. Instead of vapor, Fume uses flavored air. And instead of harmful chemicals, Fume uses all natural, delicious flavors. You get it. Instead of bad, Fume is good. It's a habit you're free to enjoy and makes replacing your bad habit easy. Your fume comes with an adjustable airflow dial and is designed with movable parts and magnets for fidgeting, giving your fingers a lot to do, which is helpful for de-stressing and anxiety while breaking your habit. The first time I used fume, I was shocked at how flavorful and fresh it tasted. Now, it's easy to hold and perfectly balanced and quite honestly, extremely fun to fidget with. The real wood material and sleek design definitely classes it up and I feel pretty darn cool holding it. Stopping is something we all put off because it's hard, but switching to fume is easy, enjoyable, and even fun. Fume has served over 100,000 customers and has thousands of success stories. And there's no reason that can't be you. Join Fume in accelerating humanity's breakup from destructive habits by picking up the journey pack today. Head to tryfume.com and use code MIDAS to save 10% off when you get the journey pack today. That's tryfum.com and use code MIDAS to save an additional 10% off your order today. Look, we got quitting bad habits in Fume. We got composting a, with Lomi. A plus sponsors. We, we got composting with Lomi. We got these incredible, incredible bracelets with Alex and Ani, which has always supported great causes. I mean, come on. Look, come on. Come, come on. on. Come on. Great, great and by the way, during the break also, I truly think it's it's an ambitious goal. But there's a world where I think everybody in our chat may become <laughs> awesome. may become a member who watches. I mean, there's anywhere between you know eight and a half thousand to fifteen to twenty thousand on a breaking news story. Sometimes we get thirty, forty thousand concurrent people and a few mm -hmm. hundred thousand people who watch each video. Close to eleven, twelve million people watch every forty-eight hours. The Midas Touch Network, more than Fox Digital, more than CNN Digital. By the way, right here on the Midas Touch Network, which I'm super proud of. But I love that the community is stepping up and people who are already members are hitting that dollar sign, getting other people members. And look, it helps grow the network. We don't have outside investors. So this is one of the ways we do the research and, and hire editors and do all of the things that we do. So, and it's a fun way to do it with the emojis. And like, I, I, I love the community spirit that it built. All right, back to the show. Okay. Kevin McCarthy, could he be any more embarrassing? Like the weakest speaker of the house in history shows us just how weak he is. So he goes on CNBC 
And look, after Donald Trump's been found to be a sexual abuser, a defamer, uh, has been indicted multiple times, federal, state, going to be indicted more times. He's on tape showing people classified records. The CNBC, which, by the way, you know, is still clearly like a pro-Trump, pro-MAGA, you know, pro-right wing, believing that this whole trickle down. Look, here's the thing. CNBC's representative of Wall Street. Right. So they're focused on promoting an agenda that's not for workers. Like when you see people at the Trump rally or whatever, like 99% of Americans will very clearly materially suffer under Republican, uh, under Republican policies. So Republicans have to convince people who are doing better under President Biden's policies and under Democratic plans, which help them, middle up economics, Bidenomics helps the workers. Republicans have to convince them that what's happening isn't happening. And that's why they focus on dividing. So McCarthy yeah. goes on CNBC and all they care about there is let's make sure we've got the lowest taxes for billionaires, not for regular hardworking Americans. Let's make sure the billionaires don't have to pay taxes while screwing the workers. I think billionaires and DECA millionaires and millionaires should just pay a fair tax, okay? They shouldn't be paying less taxes than the firefighter, the teacher, the yes. you know, in any profession. The hard worker you know, should not be paying more taxes than the billionaire, DECA millionaire, millionaire, okay? Call me... Call me radical for that concept. You're so but, woke, dude. So woke. So McCarthy so woke. goes on CNBC. Woke ben. And he's asked, so, so you think Donald Trump is, uh, you think Donald Trump is, a, is a, the strongest candidate? And you'll hear even the CNBC host pisses me off. We'll, we'll get into that Joe Biden malarkey. What the hell are you talking about? You'll, you'll hear him say that. It was a weird that. comment. You're right. But, but McCarthy gives this word salad answer. Which, frankly, when I was thinking about posting this on the Midas Touch Network, you know, because we kind of broke this in a big way by making it go viral, I was like, I don't know, is he really criticizing Trump? Like, I couldn't even, like, it was the most <laughs> tepid criticism Very that you benign. could possibly say about like, uh, like a human being. Um, but we were like, let's post it anyway. And this was the ultimate insult to Donald Trump by Kevin McCarthy, who dare imply that Trump may not be the strongest candidate. But McCarthy doesn't know. That was the insult. Here, play mm -hmm. the clip. So Trump's been indicted. Um, his poll numbers are going up. So primary voters like him. It, it, if he wins the primary, do you think he can win the general? And is it good for the Republican Party if, if Donald Trump is the nominee? Look. And then I want to get to Biden can, and, and can, his malarkey defense and all that can stuff. Trump, can Trump beat Biden? Yeah, he can beat Biden. You, is that a good thing for the Republican Party if Donald Trump is the... Look, is the, the Republicans get to select their nominee. I think if you want to go sheer policy to policy, it's not good for Republicans. It's good for America. Trump's policies are better, straightforward than Biden. It makes policy. it complicated if, if he's got all these trials and, and, and all this stuff overhanging. It these. makes it complicated. Also helps him when. But do you think he Democrats could win an election? Could he win an election? And, can he and win get, that election? Yeah, he can. You think he can? You, the, the question is: Is he the strongest to win the election? I don't know that answer. But can somebody? Can anybody beat Biden? Yeah, anybody can beat Biden. Can Biden beat other people? Yes, Biden can beat him. It's on any given but, day. The insult was, answer, is he Kevin. the strongest candidate? I don't know the answer. And MAGA world was like, you insulted Trump. You insulted our cult leader. What happened next?
Well, so much so that they all started texting each other, apparently. These are all the reports. And they rushed to the press to discuss how angry, how livid they were at Kevin McCarthy. And I'm so happy we posted that video. And and we posted that video with the context of, uh-oh, Trump's not going to be happy about this one. And <laughs> then it went viral. And then all of a sudden, we start seeing all these reports that Trump was not quite happy about that one. But text messages like by Trump allies going, what the fuck? Like, like excuse my language, but this is what they said. Some called McCarthy a moron. Uh, this is a direct quote as well. Kevin's in trouble now, said one Trump advisor <laughs> to the press. I mean, this is really kind of deranged stuff. Uh. And they wanted to let McCarthy know you messed up, kid, and we are going to get you for it, and we are going to make an example out of you. And this is how pathetic Kevin McCarthy is. Not that we needed any further proof of how cowardly Kevin McCarthy is, but Kevin like freaked the heck out, and he started doing damage control like I've never seen before. He ran straight to Breitbart to give them an exclusive I like it's this is beyond freaking parody. He ran to Breitbart and had them run this story. Exclusive Speaker McCarthy. Trump is stronger today than he was in 2016. Great job, Kevin. Great job. He also then immediately sent out a fundraising email to his email list, Kevin McCarthy did, where he wrote Trump is the strongest opponent to Biden, like like just beyond pathetic. And then using uh -huh. it to fundraise, which is a whole other kind of story. And then we noticed that, and this was a very interesting move that he did. He posted a statement on social media, but he didn't post it on Facebook. He didn't post it on Twitter. He posted it on specifically Truth Social. Like <laughs> Trump made him make a statement on his social media platform to beg for forgiveness. And so we posted this tweet, which said, clean up on aisle 45. And we've showed the post of Kevin McCarthy. This is a, a screenshot from Truth. So, I mean, how pathetic is this guy? And this is what Kevin McCarthy said. And this language is basically the same. It's, it's like exactly what was in the Breitbart story. McCarthy goes, as you usual, the media is attempting to drive a wedge between President Trump and House Republicans as our committees are holding the Biden's Department of Justice accountable for their two-tiered level of justice. The only reason Biden is using his weaponized federal government to go after President Trump is because he is Biden's strongest political opponent, as polling continues to show. Just look at the numbers. Trump is stronger today than he was in 2016. I mean, how, how embarrassing brothers. How embarrassing is that? But that's why, you know, I, I love seeing, and by the way, MAGA is not buying it either. Like Kevin McCarthy is hanging by a thread here. It's why he has to keep throwing red meat out to these people because they hate him. They know that he's really not one of them and this is all some act. And he let the mask off for a split second and Trump had to punish him for it. I mean, how embarrassing is that? Jordy, what were you going to say? Do you know what I'm doing here? Do you guys know what I'm doing here? I know I, this no, makes for great audio listen. I'm doing the MAGA hokey pokey. Every time they're accidentally truthful for one second, they then back out real quick and do exactly what Kevin McCarthy just did there. That is literally what the MAGA hokey pokey is. It's just perfect example on display. Do you know why also Trump got so mad at this statement? Two things. One, it's the words in which he used strong. Trump isn't as strong as he was. That that hit him to the core. 
Also, CNBC, the business channel. Eesh. You think Trump during all his business days wasn't tuned into that channel 24-7? Because you know he was, because that's where all the millionaires and decabillionaires like to hang out and watch. And so it was home turf perceived for Donald Trump. And then it was also the words that he used. Now, that's why these Republicans, though, I, I mean, it's, it's truthfully the opposite of leadership. It's the opposite of leadership, what we're seeing. A leader simply leads. And these Republicans follow everything Donald Trump does. And it's why you see all these other candidates on the campaign trail who are trying, I guess, to go against Donald Trump. It's why you see them falling flat on their face. It's why you see someone like Ron DeSantis just week after week draining down the polls, just go drain, just dropping, dropping so quickly down like nine points right now since the last polls that happened. The guy spent like weeks <laughs> plummeted in New Hampshire. The more people get to know the guy, the more they do not like him. And it's really just, I mean, I mean, what is the why of your candidacy? What is the why of your role in government? These people don't have a why. They don't have a reason for existing. So you have a guy like a DeSantis who wants to position himself as a, a more younger- like a, like, a, like a weirdo fascist wizard. Like a weird, like a weirdo wizard. So a weirdo. <laughs> I, I genuinely don't know the positioning. Like he wants to be the weirdo he... fascist oracle. Oh, what do you think about woke? What do you think about too woke? And consulted, consulted the consulted <laughs> What do we think about? <laughs> we don't, do we, we think I, don't, I don't think we have the clip right here, but he was also eating pizza tonight. I don't know if you guys saw this. And the man eat a pizza the, like the weirdest way anyone I'll, in the world I'll, could I'll, eat okay, pizza. Okay. Literally everything after. he does, the, it's the funniest. <laughs> so thing weird, this guy. He's it is so the America's weird. funniest home videos of a campaign because no matter what he does, like it would just be funny to do a reenactment. Like, like he eats pizza through his nose. Like he doesn't know how to laugh. He, he eats pizza with a straw. I have the photo, Brad, like, I'll the text man's you. never even existed in society. Like he thinks you use a straw for pizza. He doesn't understand that you <laughs> laugh. You laugh at the end of the joke, not before. So, like, someone will be telling the story. It's like, okay, the joke hasn't even been told. You freaking. They'll be like, hey, Ron DeSantis. So good to Ron. So good to meet you, Ron. I drove out. I I, I drove three hours just to see you and have a one minute conversation with you. Nice to meet. Oh, that's cool. Nice to meet you. See you later. Let me pick my nose now. He, he's, you know, he throws his snot at people. What was the one the pudding. He, he was in Texas on uh, uh, using the, the, the state Texas helicopter, which is like a per se felony under like Texas law yeah, and the federal finance violation, just committing, committing crimes because his whole thing was the invasion is coming. Like the guy is a character of a freaking of like the biggest moron. Like and by the way, this is why Chris Christie is doing is doing well like the chris christie yeah. campaign you know is rising as desantis is falling and it is actually very refreshing to hear chris christie say like normal things there was that clip the other day i, I did a hot take on it that we're going to launch where desantis was asked a question like what do you think open-ended was like what do you think about the january 6th insurrection and desantis's response was i wasn't there and i think we need to move forward so i don't have an opinion i was not there that day and then they asked chris christie and chris christie He's like, that may be the most ridiculous and dumbest response I've ever heard. Did the guy not exist on January 6th? Was he not?
not alive on that day? Did he not have a TV on the day? And then he said, that's what's very problematic about Donald Trump and these psychophants. That's why, look, I don't agree with Chris Christie on, on mostly anything, and he aided and abetted the MAGA movement, but I'm enjoying his campaign. Yeah, I mean, but that's that's my whole point, right? Chris Christie has a why to his campaign. You know why he's running. He is saying this man, Donald Trump, and his family have pillaged our government. They have broken the rule of law. They have impeded the peaceful transfer of power. And I and all actual conservatives should rise up to stop this man. You know what Chris Christie stands for. You don't know what Nikki Haley stands for. You don't know what Tim Scott stands for. You don't know what Ron DeSantis stands for because all they do at the end of the day is suck up to Trump. DeSantis might release some like ambiguous statement that's supposed to be about Donald Trump. And they're like, oh, I really got one in. But he's too afraid to directly go out the, at the guy. I mean, the guy has been indicted on what? 37 federal counts already with like 35 to 40 more to come. He's been uh, held liable as a sexual abuser. I mean, there's a lot of content. There's a lot of content you could be using. If you were a serious candidate, you would take aim at it. You would take leadership because that's what a leader would do. A leader would actually say, move aside. This is my race. I'm in it to win it. Not just be subservient to this madman every step of the way. That's why I like Christie in this race. He's at least leading on that side. He at least, he has nothing to lose, Christie. So he doesn't have to be a coward like the rest of them. And frankly, it's refreshing. He's the only one with the spine. He's the only one with the spine. And so, look, ultimately, I think by the time we get to the debates, my fear is they they won't let Christie debate. I mean, there was the thing that came out um, early on when they announced like the protocols of of if you're allowed to participate in the debate, and it was like a one percent threshold. And then also one of the things that the RNC had put out on that list is that you have to be willing to support the candidate, whomever it may be, Christie's already gone out so that he will not support Donald Trump. So my fear is they won't let the man debate because if he gets on the debate stage, he's going to tear them apart. It no, they're going to let him. They're, they're, they're going to let him debate because they because they 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 let him debate. I, I'm very confident of that. But if I Trump's think not going to want to debate, then so uh, and then they're not going to allow Christie, and then it's going to be what uh, uh, Tim Scott and freaking uh, who else? And the fourteen like, and the fourteen the other Republicans on the stage. It's actually. With Trump not there, this is why I think Trump's eventually going to show up. It's going to be perfect because you're going to have all these idiots supporting Trumpism who do not have that cultish whatever that that appeals to these MAGA Republicans for Donald Trump. And they're just a bunch of morons, but they're going to have to defend Trump. They're going to have to defend January 6th. Mm -hmm. And you're going to have Chris Christie there basically saying, that's the dumbest thing I ever heard. Were you not alive on January 6th? And like, it's going to be great. It's going to be great with Chris Christie ripping into these proxies for Donald Trump. And that's why we're going to see Christie, I think, get into the high teens. And I think he's going to come close to the 20s when all is said and done. Look, we talked about, though, these MAGA Republicans enabling this conduct. You talked about how they're not leaders. Every single week, they come up with a new ridiculous conspiracy theory, a whistleblower who 
is then turns out they're dead or didn't exist or is in jail or was too afraid to come out because they don't really exist in the first place. Um, so Fox had James Comer. He's the idiot MAGA Republican who chairs the oh, – it's probably you know the same thing. MAGA Republican who yeah, chairs it's, the – It's redundancy, Ben. Yeah, who chairs that. the oversight committee in the House of Representatives. This is a guy who was accused by his girlfriend very publicly of abusing her. Just tells you who they are. They got Jim Jordan, the non-licensed lawyer on judiciary who covered up sex assault at a university. So uh, – very clear what's going on, you know, who who they put as their leaders. But this is James Comer on Fox and Steve Ducey's like, okay, can you make it easy for us? Like, what's the crime and what's the policy you're accusing Biden of? And James Comer, watch how he responds. So make it easy for us. What was the crime? Well, the crime is uh, trading policy for for money. Which policy? Well, we're going to get into that. Oh, we're going to get into that every week. We're going to get we're gonna into that policy. It's the stupidest thing. It is beneath contempt that you can't just. And this is why I say they have no shame, because if I in a trial put up a said, judge, I'm calling in a witness who's a whistleblower, who's got 17 recordings and then the recordings don't exist and the whistleblowers made up, I lose my legal license. I can't practice law again. And there may be criminal charges brought against me. But if you're a House of Representative member where there's a speech or debate clause immunity, you just make up and then they have no shame. They move on to the next one. They move on to the next one. They move on to the next one. And part of that, going back to the theme of this, they do this to overwhelm you. They do this so you feel hopeless. They do this so you go, oh, they're just going to keep this nonstop. Fascism if you look at it historically, these are relentless freaking maniacs who just don't stop if you don't put them in their place. It's why someone like Jack Smith is so critical. It's why Merrick Garland appointing a Jack Smith is so important. And so what what, what was the... the today, Jamie Raskin wrote a letter and made it clear that, okay, this... this uh, Russian or Ukrainian oligarch who was the founder of Burisma. And this was who they, MAGA Republicans, claimed as their whistleblower. This is who they said. A informant spoke to another person who spoke to, we can't tell you who it is. It's a super secret. Uh, it's disappeared. It's, it's, it's a super secret uh, Ukrainian oligarch who's sympathetic to Putin, who we need to protect. And then what Jamie Raskin brought out was the receipts today where this said, OK, it's clear your Russian oligarch was the founder of Burisma. Um, and here is what he previously said. Um, Did you ever learn why Biden asked for Shokin to be fired as the prosecutor? Shokin was the corrupt Putin puppet prosecutor who all democracies wanted Shokin gone. OK, that's why Shokin was gone. Shokin being gone made it more likely that Burisma would be investigated. That was official U.S. policy. It was official NATO policy. It was like all of our allies had. The, this was the policy. This was like, well, Biden, Biden, like, well, Biden did it because of Hunter yes. Biden. It's yes. Like, what are you talking doesn't, about? Doesn't even make sense at all. But so, let's, so, let's and that's their whole thing when they talk about Burisma because they like the name. Oh, Burisma, oligarch. They love a good name. They, um, good name. they go, we learned. This is what the response, though, was from the oligarch in 2020. We learned about it from newspapers and Internet. We never had contacts with 
Biden during his visits to Ukraine. Please detail any contacts you had with VP Joe Biden and his office from 2013 through 2019. Did Hunter ever facilitate any of those contacts? No, no one from Burisma ever had any contacts with VP Biden or people working for him during Hunter Biden's engagement. Question 10, did VP Biden or his staff assist you or your company in any way with business deals or meetings with the world leaders or any other assistance? Answer, no. Did you ever become aware of documents suggesting $900,000 was paid to Hunter Biden for lobbying for his father? Answer, no. It's because it is a lie. It is made up. So fact number one, MAGA Republicans, you claim your whistleblower is the Ukrainian Russian supporting oligarch who spoke to another individual who spoke to an informant and that made its way on some form that any human being can file can fill out but in fact you knew that it was false to begin with so not only is it ridiculous that you would rely on an oligarch who has intentions to harm our country as your freaking whistleblower, you traitor morons. But <laughs> the person even previously said that what you're claiming is false, right? So they move on yeah. from that whistleblower. Debunked, we're wrong. Okay, so- oh, They haven't now, moved on. I don't know if they moved on. And then They got another one though. The new, the new whistleblower huh? is the, despite the fact that the prosecutor prosecuting Hunter Biden, David Weiss, was appointed by Donald Trump. And Biden could have fired this guy. You can always fire the prior administration's top prosecutors in state. Biden's like, I don't even want the appearance. That's, that's the norm, by the way. Like the yeah. norm is new president comes in, they get rid of the old US attorneys that were appointed by the other president, replace them with their own guy. That's the, the norm and Biden, Biden specifically. Goes, Biden goes, hey, there's this Trump prosecutor going after my son trying to prosecute my kid. I could fire him and I would just be part of my firing all the other US attorneys, or I could keep him in place to prosecute my kid. What does Biden do? He keeps the prosecutor to, the Trump prosecutor to go after his own son. And then that prosecutor tells Jim Jordan, look, Merrick Garland doesn't control me at all. I have full decision-making authority about where, when, how any, any case is filed. And by the way, David Weiss is a licensed attorney, unlike Jim Jordan, who could lose his legal license. Jim Jordan can't lose his legal license because he doesn't have a legal license. So if David Weiss is lying to Jim Jordan, he loses his legal license. And this is what David Weiss wrote to Jim Jordan. I want to make clear that as the attorney general has stated, I have been granted ultimate authority over this matter, including responsibility for deciding where, when, and whether to file charges and for making decisions necessary to preserve the integrity of the prosecution consistent with federal law, the principles of federal prosecution and departmental regulations, right? In a world where evidence matters and logic matters, the Trump federal prosecutor telling the Judiciary Committee that, and if that was a lie, David Weiss, the Trump prosecutor, now committed a crime that he could go to jail for, for lying to Congress for a very long period of time. No, what do the MAGA Republicans do? Yeah, well, he may be saying that publicly, but that's not the case. You know why they say that? Because MAGA Republicans do this shit. They lie about everything. 
They lie about everything they say publicly. So they're like, everybody else lies about the things they say publicly. And it's also part of their psyop that they engage in. So then there's a guy named Gary Shapley, who's this IRS agent, who, by the way, is bitter against Mr. Weiss because he believes Weiss hurt his ability to get a promotion during the Trump administration. And what Shapley says is that it was during the years when Donald Trump was president, when Bill Barr was attorney general, that his requests were ignored. And that's always buried in these stories that when the yeah. media talks about it. What Shapley is saying, this is his ridiculous lie, that Biden is responsible for weaponizing Bill Barr into stopping the Trump prosecutor from venuing the case in California or uh, or DC or another jurisdiction. And Ben, this is always their move, right? There are, this is the move they've been utilizing a lot recently. They find either disgruntled people at the FBI who have been cases fired, like the uh -huh. the witnesses they brought by to Congress. Those were disgruntled members of the NBI, FBI who were viewed as threats to the United States of America because they supported the January 6th terrorists. And that's who they brought out as their witnesses, disgruntled people who were fired because of their anti-American sentiments. Now, what do they do when they're upset with this Hunter Biden plea deal? You know, they, were, they had spread all these conspiracies and once again, they couldn't deliver, so they had to give their base some more red meat. They find this Gary Shapley guy, another disgruntled person at the IRS who blamed this prosecutor as the person for not, the reason why he did not get a promotion in the IRS. And they find this disgruntled guy to talk about something that happened actually under Donald Trump while Bill Barr was <laughs> AG. The whole thing is absolutely ridiculous. And meanwhile, you have people, you know, People respond to this sort of thing. So you have David Weiss, once again, the Trump-appointed U.S. attorney coming out and saying that guy is full of crap, that those his statements are completely false. I had full autonomy to do anything I wanted, make any charging decisions as I wanted. Merrick Garland said the same thing. The IRS said the same thing. Everyone's coming out and saying, this guy is a freaking liar. This guy is making stuff up. Then you have DC attorney, US attorney Matthew Graves then commenting. He said, as the attorney general has said, and this is reiterating the points that we have already relayed, US attorney Weiss was given full authority to bring charges in any jurisdiction he deemed appropriate. He did not need approval from this office or the US attorney to bring charges in DC. Completely refutes the entire claim over and over and over. But facts don't stop these people. They just want to keep pushing the BS. And then when one story implodes, they move right on to the next and they keep piling it on because they want to give this appearance of impropriety. They want to give this appearance that something might be there though, right? There must be a little, and Trump's doing all this stuff. Well, there must be a little something with Biden. They're kind of the same, right? No, 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 absolutely not. We'll show you what Biden is talking about. Biden is talking about Bidenomics. Do you want? Do you have anything else to say on this, Ben Jordy? I was going to say the MAGA Republicans, though, they keep on doing it because they realize that they've got Fox. They've got a whole fascist media network ecosystem of newspapers, Twitter, you know, with Elon, all of this that will just pop, 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 spread the lie, 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 over and over again. And then they realize that the legacy media, the large media networks, whether they're lazy, whether they're complicit, especially the local media, which is owned by large corporations like Sinclair, sympathetic to right wing causes, they know that there's no pushback. 
So until the Midas Touch network, they would basically get free shots. So in their corrupt world, it's like, okay, hit, 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 because no one's punching back. No one's punching back. And when it comes to the media calling, calling them out and giving a platform to the truth, but that's changed now. I mean, that's why we're in the arena together as the Midas Mighty community. Let's talk about normal. Let's talk about let's talk about jobs, okay? Let's talk about the economy. Cuz I guarantee you if you're like me when you wake up in the morning, I, I I'm not thinking about Mr. Potato Head. I'm not thinking about is the green M&M woker than the purple M&M and the Disney bullshit. Like I'm focused on my family and my community and all of you out in the Midas might I'm thinking about, you know, the economy. I'm thinking about jobs and working conditions. I'm thinking about healthcare. I'm thinking about lowering prescription drug prices. I'm thinking about, and this is who, what Biden's focused on. All of Deep that. Thoughts in the he's, morning, Ben. I, he's I, focused I on. Vet, well, I mean, this is what I do for a living, so it would make sense that that's what my thoughts are. I talk about the. I talk <laughs> about these issues. It's important. You know what I love anyway. about this Bidenomics thing, though. Also, Bidenomics. It's a very dark branded move by Biden. Totally. Here's what I mean by that. The Republicans use the term Bidenomics as a negative. They would try to push it as a negative and they would try to promote negativity and lies about the economy. They would promote their constant kind of fear-mongering efforts to say a recession's coming, a recession's coming. Look at this, look at that. Biden is flipping it on its head. And at this point, we don't even remember with Dark Brandon. Dark Brandon was an insult on pro-Trump forums for a long time. It was an insult from the right. And Dark, dark, Brand, dark Brandon goes, President Biden goes, that's mine now. That I, I, I own that now. And nobody thinks of it as a negative now when you speak about President Biden. And now he's doing the same thing here with Bidenomics. And the crux of his Bidenomics pitch is that the, is basically trickle-down economics. He, like, how many times do I have to tell you? that trickle-down economics doesn't work. How many times do we have to go through this? This is about building the economy, not from the top down, but it's about building the economy from the middle out and the bottom up. Honestly, I would say President Biden probably explains it a bit better than I'll explain it. So let me play President <laughs> Biden's remarks. He gave a speech on Bidenomics in Chicago. I knew we couldn't go back to the same failed policies when I ran. So I came into office determined to change the economic direction of this country to move from trickle-down economics to what everyone on Wall Street Journal and Financial Times began to call Bidenomics. I didn't come up with the name. I really didn't. I now claim it, but they're the ones that used it first. I got asked by a press person this morning, getting on the helicopter in Washington, why, when I asked you about Bidenomics a long time ago, you said you didn't know what it was. I said, I didn't name it Bidenomics. I didn't realize the economist in the Wall Street Journal did. But I think it's a plan that I'll, I'm happy to call Bidenomics. And guess what? Bidenomics is working. When I took office, the pandemic was raging and our economy was reeling. Supply chains are broken. Millions of people unemployed. Hundreds of thousands of small businesses on the verge of closing after so many had already closed. Literally hundreds of thousands on the verge of closing. Today, the U.S. has the highest economic growth rate leading the world economies since the pandemic. The highest in the world. As Dick said, with his help, we've created 13.4 million new jobs. More jobs in two years than any president has ever made in four, in two. 
And folks, it's no accident. That's Bidenomics in action. Bidenomics is about building an economy from the middle out and the bottom up, not the top down. And it is no accident. I mean, this has been hard work. This has been the policies that have been passed over the past few years. And the Bidenomics, by the way, also reminds me of Obamacare. Obamacare used to be, oh, you don't want Obamacare. Obamacare mm-hmm. now, one of the single most popular th- policies in the entire nation. Um, but the proof is in the data. I mean, all you have to look at is the data. And I know that it's been now a few years since the pandemic began, but I feel like people's memories are short on this issue. I feel like people have forgotten how bad it truly was during the pandemic, how many deaths there were each day, businesses closed, how devastating it was that Donald Trump completely ignored this thing and let it run rampant in America, destroy the American economy, destroy the American dream, push people away from their big events, their weddings, everything that they could possibly do. And Biden, in this short period of time, rebounded the entire economy, and he did it better than the rest of the world. I mean, when you look at these G7 numbers, this it, this is just the data. Like, it's not me hyping it up or like this is literally just the data. You look at the inflation data, which is the main thing in the economy that amongst everything, but the main thing that the Republicans hit Biden on. Well, the U.S. amongst the G7 has literally the lowest rate of inflation of all G7 nations, the lowest rate of inflation. So if you want to blame Biden for inflation, which is ridiculous, what's causing the inflation in all those other countries that have higher inflation than us and similar economies? I mean, the data is there for everybody to see. And that's not the only data point that you could look at. You can look at the GDP. And amongst the G7 nations, the U.S. has the single highest post-pandemic GDP growth amongst the entire G7. That's not by accident. That's not by accident. If you saw a Republican, if you saw Donald Trump in office right now, if you saw one of these Republicans, it would be a disaster. I mean, Mm -hmm. you saw what the CBO report said about all these policies the Republicans wanted to pass. They would have been devastating to the GDP. (laughs) They would have been devastating to jobs, even though they don't care about experts and data and what they're going to say. The proof was there also in those reports as to what was going to happen. So this has been a very methodical, meticulous approach. I think that Biden personally, I think he is living up to that mindset of let's build an economy from the middle out and the bottom up. And that's really why Republicans hate him so much. That's why they hate him so much. And that's why they continue to try to divide people on other issues and focus on LGBTQ issues, focus on dividing people of affirmative action. They focus on dividing people by all these other means because they frankly want people to feel depressed. They want people to feel hurt. And I'm not saying, by the way, I'm not saying that everybody is doing great in the economy. I'm not saying it's perfect, but I'm just acknowledging how far we have come from a devastating pandemic, one of Mm -hmm. the worst events that have happened in modern history. And And you have to give credit where credit is due here. Let me give you this example. So America leads all G7 nations in GDP growth since the pandemic, right? first place. So let's imagine this was a competition, right? Let's say it was the World Cup and all of the nations were in the World Cup, right? And the United States won the World Cup. They got through every round. They finished number one. 
the best team in the World Cup. It would be like criticizing them and saying they played horrible. That, the, 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 what they did horrific. This isn't working. And that's essentially what the Republicans are doing. Like one of the best forms of data is ways to compare. Okay, what's the situation with inflation in other very sophisticated economies? Let's look at the G7. Okay, wait a minute. The United States has the lowest inflation of all G7. So that's the best, right? Our GDP growth is the best of all the G7, number one. In normal times, that's something that everybody celebrates. So when I go back to that Kevin McCarthy clip and he's like, our policies are better. What the policies where no one had toilet paper, the policies, the policies where everybody was locked in their home, the policies where uh, over a million people died, the policies where you talked about injecting bleach into your veins, the, the policies where you sing freaking songs with insurrectionists, the January 6th insurrectionists. I, 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 I'm trying to understand what, what are your policies that are better than the ones that lead the world. <laughs> like, uh, let, let, let me try to, let me try to, uh, what is better than two strongest calendar years of job growth in history? Is you singing a cappella with the fuck with the freaking Proud Boys? <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's heated, folks. He's heated. It the, New, the New York comes out when he gets I heated. Thought, I mean, you singing a cappella with the Proud Boys? Is that a better policy <laughs> than the two strongest calendar years of job growth in history? The, we currently have the lowest unemployment rate in over 50 years. What, what you, you uh, chanting with the three percenters is, is better than that. Manufacturing rebounded at the fastest rate in nearly 40 years. What you hanging out at Mar-a-Lago with Kerry Lake and telling Donald Trump how strong he is. That's that, that, that's, that beats that we had the true strongest years of small business application in history. What you attacking freaking Disney World, that's a better policy than that. We've had record decreases in deficit, the fastest gas price decline in eight years, and annual inflation, as we talked about, is the lowest of all G7 nations. But but Kevin McCarthy, Kevin McCarthy coming up with fake whistleblowers every week, Russian oligarchs, um, you know, allying themselves with Russian oligarchs and supporting Vladimir Putin, like don't play us like freaking idiots. And ultimately, when I always speak in front of um, whenever groups invite me to talk in front of and I get asked, so when did you want to go into politics? I go, I know that our network is considered one of the fastest growing political networks. Like, and, and if you were to look at this, you would say, okay, this is political commentary. But like, to me, I view this as common sense commentary. The mm -hmm. moment Democrats start praising QAnon and presidents start posting QAnon memes and singing songs with terrorists, yo, I am out. <laughs> See you later. I don't, you know, I think I care because they have a donkey logo. I'm not supportive of that of that crap. So no, I mean, to me, this is about a pro-democracy coalition and whether you're liberal, progressive, independent, not affiliated with the political party, do not care about any freaking label if you are an actual real conservative and not this MAGA Republican BS we could all come together and let's celebrate 
having the fastest GDP growth of all the G7 and figure out ways to get better rather than coming up with dumb, idiotic QAnon conspiracy theories and turning our nation into a freaking cult. I'll leave you with that right there. First off, great sponsors today. I mean, Alex Anani, Lomi, Fume, support them all if you can. What a great series of sponsors we've got there. I see lots of our chat has memberships. So this is the last chance of this episode. Get your membership, gift other people memberships. Let's try to get everybody in here to have a membership that supports and grows this network. We don't have outside investors. Frankly, I don't think Brett, Jordy, and I could even handle people telling us at all what to do or telling the might is mighty what to do. So I don't like that one help. Bit. <laughs> keep, keep, keep even if we wanted to go that direction so please you can help support the growth of this network by doing that another way it's different than the youtube memberships i don't want you to get confused but so another way to support the network is through our patreon by going to patreon.com slash Midas Touch. And there's even something there where you could become an honorary producer. Your name appears at the end of our show as it does right now. Um, on our Patreon, you get exclusive podcasts, you get exclusive Zooms where you can meet us, ask us questions. The last one we spent three hours, met everybody who wanted to meet us literally answered every single question. We're going to be doing another one of those in July. So sign up now so you could be there and consider supporting us as an honorary producer, but no pressure if you can't. Um, and we also have first look content there as well. Store.MidasTouch.com. July 4th, Perfect sale. Time to get I didn't tell you, brothers. Gear. I didn't tell you guys. Didn't tell you. Kept it a secret just for this moment right now. We're running July 4th sale. We have exclusive products that have definitely running a promotion on. So go to store.midastouch.com right now. The July 4th sale. What? I started it right now. I, I, we could end it anytime, but it's going to wow. run through next week. So, But definitely get on now um, and get a while. Supplies yeah, if, we had, if we actually had investors, they would probably <laughs> say things like, you can't just make up sales whenever you want to make up a sale. They'd, they'd probably say, perhaps tell Brett so that he could design a little graphic nope. to put up when he talk about it. And with the, but, but mm. that's why it's it's a deep tease, Jordy. Though you gotta deep you tease. gotta go to the website. You gotta see what's part of that January uh, the July fourth sale and <laughs> check it out. Great work on the merch, Jordy. Store.midastouch.com. Make sure you're subscribed to the YouTube channel. Also become a member, but subscribe. It's free to subscribe to the YouTube channel. Subscribe to the audio podcast. If you just listen on audio, um, make sure you subscribe on YouTube. I wanna see Midas Touch Podcast Pollination. Sub subscribe to both. It's free to subscribe to both. And just share the videos, please. You know, we. Um, I think it's one of the most important things that probably the most important thing you can do. Let people know, even if it's just one person, about the Midas Touch Network, that finally there is a community, a media network that is talking about the truth and democracy and is well-researched and treats people intelligently. Spread the word so this can continue to grow, so our podcasts and shows continue to be the number one in its time slot on YouTube across all categories in the world. The growth is thanks to you, the Midas Mighty, and none of this is possible without you. 
We are so grateful for you. And at the end of the show, we play the Midas Mighty Anthem. Remember, you could download the Midas Mighty Anthem. Just search for it on Apple Music or Spotify or wherever you listen to music. And you could play the Midas Mighty Anthem in your car, in your home, or on the road and wherever. So thank you all from the bottom of our heart. We appreciate you so, so much. Jordy? Shout out to the Midas Mighty! The Midas Mighty standing strong Against the fascists we sing our song We will get it right whenever At Midas Touch, we are unapologetically pro-democracy and we demand justice and accountability. That's why we're spreading our message to Convict 45. That's right, gear up right now with your Convict 45 tees and pins at store.midastouch.com. That's store.midastouch.com.